0: Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything.
1: Seasons come and go, darling.
0: Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast. Great to be with you as always. And as always, Scott Jenkins, the creative director of Celtic Way, here with me today. My name is Matt Kinzara. Scott, I'm just, I, I'm as clueless as the listeners. I have no idea what we're talking about today. So I'm just going to trust you for this one and see where it goes. You've been sick for a while, so that we're yeah. going to shoot for the hip from the hip and see what happens.
2: And I'm still on med, so who knows what's coming out of my mouth today. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so spring equinox. Have you ever been to a spring equinox celebration? I I have not, no. Have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to one a few years ago up in the foothills. A lot of these people were, oh, well, they were all Celts. Very few of them were Christian Celts. and um, So a lot of things with fire and a lot of good beer and lots of food and dancing and singing and, uh, when the sun went down, we went inside and sa- sat around the hearth. People told stories. It's such a rich time. And my impression was that these people must have spent a lot of time together. You know, the level of um, transparency and vulnerability was was there, you know. They really didn't know each other that well. But as one woman said to me, we're here within a, within a holiday, a holy day of nature. And why pretend? Why not just be who we are and be together in being who we are? Because the spring equinox promises all of us new life. So why kid around? We're too old for that. Let's just take it all in. That stuck with me, obviously, ever since. And it was grand time, really. I've been to some spring equinox (laughs) events in churches where people would read things and, you know, we'd have food and but... You no, know, the churches I go to are mostly white people, so we don't really get up and dance around a whole lot. And I think we're scared of that part of ourselves and 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 what what could be new in terms of coming forth is maybe like a new hymnal the church ordered or something. You know, but it just seemed very staid to me. But these two pictures are just right next to each other, and it, it's kind of it, you know it's too bad in a way the church doesn't really cash in on this because springtime. Right. It's really Easter time. And um, here we are on the verge of new life. And I don't know how it is in Wisconsin. I do check your weather from time to time. Um, But it it feels like it might be like we're over our winter storms. And... um, and let's hope that's true, because um, I'm I'm tired of them. I don't know how you are, Matt, but I'm ready for spring. Are you?
0: Yeah, very ready for spring. And you know, I've been ready for spring for a while here, Scott. So. <laughs> <Like that. Yeah. laughs> We've had some storms, but it's starting to feel like uh, maybe we're toward the end. Like I looked at the weather forecast and it's 40s from here as far as I can see. And that usually means... When you get that that day or, or that that week or those couple of weeks, that usually means you might be heading in the right direction. Now, yeah. I'll think that, and then I'll, you know, in two days from now, we'll probably have 12 inches of snow on the ground, <laughs> <Right>. whatever.
2: <laughs> Heavy, wet, spring, snow. Yeah. So I've really... And so the conversation I had the other night, uh, with, I'm on the Denver Urban Semester Board of Directors, and... We had a big Zoom meeting last night, broke into small groups, and somebody was saying, well, tomorrow's spring. It's you know, spring in it Kinox. So we're into spring for sure. And I said, how do you know? And she said, it says so on the calendar. <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, you know, okay. Well, all the way home, I was thinking, it's just so valuable to know that spring doesn't fall on a day in the calendar every year. And I just kind of sat with that for a while. And I was thinking that it's really healthy and engaging to offer one's life over to the rhythm of something bigger than ourselves. I think that's just very important because we cannot set a date for spring to arrive any more than we can set a date for winter to come or end for that matter, right? And when we listen to this rhythm, that's so much greater, so much older, if I can metaphorically describe this, that the rhythms of nature are both telling and wiser than who we are as a people then to just stop and ponder what's happening outside of us and all around us is some way in in submitting to a voice that's part of us. That is, we are so interconnected and interdependent on the rest of the world. Even if we put it on a calendar and say spring equinox, it's just so good to, to stop... And I would say to bow and to sit and listen to what's going on, because what what spring has to offer us in nature is is just about the same thing as the as the holy weekend, but most especially the Easter celebration that there is new life coming in terms of a non-scientific view uh, of that the life is coming forth and in some way even if we're very scientific people we should take a step back and just be mystified by all this we should stand in awe of it and that's really a healthy place for us to be it's healthy because it puts me in my place It gets me out of my false self, my egotistical self. And it's a reminder, it's a cold water in the face that says, look, you human beings, you're not all that. You haven't even been around here. You're still new to the neighborhood. And by the way, you're doing a damn good job of messing it all up. And we wish you'd stop. But it does put us in our place. We need to listen to a world that is both dependent upon us as we are dependent upon it. We need to establish, I think reestablish, if the Easter, if spring can offer us anything new. Well, isn't it that we need to reestablish our interconnectedness in terms of seeing not just people are made in the image of God, but creation is filled with the sacredness of God and the glory of God is there and once we are captured by that oh well then we can have a shot we could at least have a shot at a new at a new beginning when we do the other when we impose our will on creation and we say on this date spring will begin right all kinds of bad things begin to happen we continue to think most about serving our needs That's just not the Christian way to go through the world. We continue to serve our own needs as primary. And then I think what happens is I was just reflecting on my own life. When I get in that space, my view of the world becomes myopic in everything. How I see people I don't like. If I don't value the person, I'm sure not going to value their opinion, right? And a myopic worldview is definitely not something that we can live with today. The world is too small. There's too many differences. And we need to be united more than just in words. When we objectify this gift of nature, then she really has no life worth living. Or she has none of our life worth tolerating. Why would she? She just becomes a tool, a means to an end. And there is no sense of cohabitation, let alone marriage, if I can use that word. Spring announces a new beginning. But like Wisconsin and Colorado two weeks ago, we saw the struggle, right? You did too. You got founded with some pretty good snowstorms, and so did we. And so it would, like in Colorado... It doesn't stay as long as in Wisconsin, like we get snow on Tuesday and I'm out washing my car on Thursday, but Saturday it's going to snow again and I've got to go back in. You see this up and down and back and forth. The struggle that new life wants to offer uh, is always worth the fight is if we're going to have anything new and worthwhile. I want to take everything about what I've just said about spring and nature and our relationship to nature and continue a podcast we had just a little while ago on community. You and I have fostered some communities, whether in our home or some little living space close to us, and we have a rhythm that we meet and we gather. And I I don't know about you, but I never stopped to ask everybody, okay, now, what is it that's bringing us together? I mean, I might ask that, because this is all about relationship, right? Which is what we want to have with nature. But I've really been delving into that as I listen to what does Denver Urban Semester want to present to their students? And I'm thinking very much about what's shaping community today because as so many people are leaving the institutional church, I I wonder, Matt, I wonder if you wonder this. I wonder if people have a longing for a sense of a spiritual community.
0: I think they do, and I think the the biggest reason in my mind that people have been leaving the institutional church is because on a lot of levels, it's a false sense of community. So it may be called community by title, but, you know, anybody who's ever been in a room full of people or in a family or around friendships or on a fire, you know, you know what true community looks like. And so I think there's this desire for people to have that true community and also have a voice in that community. Because again, if you think about church, the way you and I grew grew up going to church, there's one person that gets the majority of voice and everybody else is expected to listen. And I know in our little community gathering, as well as a friend of mine who's who's doing a similar thing in town, it seems to be that the, the space where it comes to life is the space when people get to share their perspective on what was shared from up front and so uh that's that's i know where i see people's faces light up that's where i see people be vulnerable in ways i've never seen people in a church setting and i also see like this opportunity for growth in a new way because if we have the opinions of several don't we have a higher probability of learning something than if it's just the opinion of one person, and so right. I, I, yeah. I think I think those are a lot of the things that I'm seeing in this desire toward community, and just like spring coming, development of true community takes time, and so I know. when we we've had our gathering for three months. The first one was was good, um, but you could tell like people were trying to figure it out. The second one was real similar, and it was on Super Bowl Sunday, so there was that. And then the third one that we had just a couple of weeks ago there was definitely this feeling of, okay, I'm willing to be more open, more vulnerable, participate more. And it really felt like the the first time that we really started to sense what, what true community could look like. So it was very exciting.
2: When we came back together after almost a two years absence, I didn't even know who was gonna show up. Mm-hmm. But there'd be two or three people. And some people said, we wanna come and do music. I thought, well, we'll probably have two, maybe three people. And we had eight people come to sing together. And you know why? Because those eight people as a choir, they're their own community. They love sharing life together. They love singing together. And and it shows. Now, you know, I mean, it's it's just so, so visible. And then as the room began to fill up, you know, we had 25, 30 people. And I'm like wow, we're really going to, this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. And then, of course, we have food and drink afterwards around these round tables, and people stay and they talk. But we, like you, we had these snippets of readings and short reflections, but then people could respond. Mm -hmm. And I love the place out of which they responded was the place of their life. But as the response went on, what I began to hear was very diverse, almost divergent thoughts around the same, the the reflection, you know. And when it was over, of course, we had prayers, we shared Eucharist together, and I sat down at a table, and it got a little quiet right away as soon as I sat down. But then people began to talk, and some people would pull me aside. and, And here's this whole relationship to nature for me. People would say to me, how can we allow such diversity such divergence of opinion i mean isn't there some truth out there isn't there some something we have to hold on to why this one woman that shared after she shared i spoke with her and the woman said oh no i don't really believe in christianity I'm just now discovering God in nature, and I saw this was a Celtic thing, and I thought I better come. These might be my people. So interesting.
0: I love that. I was at so uh, I mentioned my friend has a small community gathering he does once a month, like you and I do. He calls it beer church because it meets in a brewery, and um, and he was gone, and so I was helping facilitate it a little bit this last week. And same thing, like you were talking about round tables. And so he has somebody share a little something, and then there's questions that are put out to these round tables. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was the most, it was just the, I just, I loved every moment of it because at my table, we had one gentleman who professed openly and unashamedly that he considered himself agnostic or maybe even atheist. There's another person at the table who was Catholic, had been Catholic her whole life. And her response was, I've never had a actual spiritual conversation until tonight. And so we have that. We have another person who went to a Lutheran, um, uh, who was going to a Lutheran church. It's another person who's very much evangelical, another young man who uh, had gone through seminary. And everybody had these, and myself, and so everybody had these wildly different perspectives. But there was also the sense that everybody was for the conversation and for one another. So even though, as you mentioned, there was a divergence of opinions or thoughts around the same topic, there was also like this desire to learn and grow. And then the really cool thing about this night, you had mentioned like people just wanted to stay. I was at this table. Some people had to leave at all. There was maybe four or five tables in the place, maybe 25 to 30 people there. And some people had to leave at each table. And so without anybody saying a word, everybody just congregated to one table. So whoever was left all just ended up at one table. So then there was a whole different group of people <laughs> having even more conversations. So it was just, I think that that is the beauty of it. But the challenge will be, like that woman was sharing with you, the challenge will be we're so used to being one-minded that sometimes it can feel offensive when, uh, sometimes it can feel offensive when somebody has a differing opinion uh, as yeah. opposed to you know, wanting to engage in that a little bit more.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm at this place today, and I hope I get some people who will call me or send me emails or text messages about this, because I do believe that it's healthy and right. I mean, I think it's proper that we live underneath a rhythm that nature gives us. And in many ways, we do. You don't get to wear shorts on December and go out and shovel. You you get it. So... At the same time, nature shows us in this continuing wheel, right, that everything is a process and it repeats over and over again. (laughs) It's probably a good thing, so we get it, but so we can also see the consistency it takes and the evolution and the growth and the changing of the seasons that's all there for the health of the whole world and for us as well and i think and i haven't figured this out completely but i think it's also good that if we put up a a, a name of christian of somehow we're celtic christian i don't know how you would all self identify but somehow when we use the word christian it's also okay to say um i don't get to make this up there's a whole line of people who've come before me that said yeah, this is the kind of things that we stand for mm-hmm. and as soon as i said that now flipping to a whole other conversation the woman said to me what do you think that jesus meant when he said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except by me and i and i without thinking, probably. And without hesitating, I said, I totally agree. She goes, how can you allow all this diversity? Oh, I said, wait, wait, wait. I think that when Jesus says what he just said in the context of the entire Gospel of John, which is how you have to take this, then the way of Jesus is the way of love. Then she's like, yeah. And I said, And the truth of Jesus, right? Is the truth of love. And the life of Jesus all the way to the end was a life of love. And people who are seeking God and loving are sure to find God by the way Jesus has put down. And that's where I'm at today. When people come to me, like this one woman who said, I'm not a Christian, can I come to your meeting? Yeah. we believe like we should be loving people and we should be loving God and we should be searching for this truth of love and this life of love and helping each other get there. And She's like, yeah, is that what you all are about? I said, I think that's what we're going to be about
0: i love that the gentleman at my table who was a self-professed agnostic told me he'd see me next month Mm -hmm. because because it was a space that made him feel welcomed and feel safe i think and uh and that's a beautiful thing i was speaking with a um a lutheran pastor from minnesota just earlier this week, and it was it was fascinating. He's actually written a book called Doubting Faithfully, which if your Lutheran pastor writes a book about doubting faithfully, that's a that's a whole nother ball of wax. but he just he had this beautiful thought. he said, you know I I'm not pretending like I can figure all of this out, but I have discovered that the answer we're trying to get to is love. I don't know for sure how we're supposed to get there, but I know we're supposed to land there. And uh, it was yeah. just such a and so that's kind of how he leads his congregation. He's still a pastor, he's still struggling with the questions that I suppose all of us do. And but he feels like as long as he has that, like what you just said, as long as he has that end game in mind and and believes that Jesus is a way to get there, then yep. he feels faithful to his congregation as well, which is is pretty cool. So it's
2: very cool. My invitation to our listeners in closing is this: Springtime can be thought about. You can read about it, you can think about it, you can pray about it. But all of all of our listeners who are looking for a community or a way of being, Springtime is inviting us to new living, new means of being. And I want to encourage everybody to take the risk. If you're not in a community, then get out there and keep trying them on until one fits, at least initially. And be open to what you find. Try not to bring all the loaded baggage from the past, and you're looking for that church of 25 years ago or whatever it was. New life is calling us, but it's got to be lived. It's got to be experienced. And the invitation is coming to us loud and clear.
0: For more information on Celtic Way, go to CelticWay.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado or on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. Special thanks to Suzanne Kinzera for the music for this podcast.
1: Seasons come and go, darling, darling. process just know he's an L-